0: Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway, a United Methodist community in Portland, Maine. If you live locally, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Visit our website at www.hopegateway.com to learn more. But whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Hope not, right? <laughs> we are last, in our last week of focusing on entirely active hope. Um, so this is the last week where we've been working through this book. It's the last chapter. Um, we skipped a few, but um, there will be a study on um, Tuesday night if you have read the book, if you haven't read the book, if you went to the last one, if you didn't go to the last one, you're welcome to join that conversation um It's our last currently organized focus on active hope, but um, there will be more. Because um, even though our last our prayer and our song um, helped us to honor our pain and the reality of the situation, it's really easy to live in denial or, in despair about the state of the world. And active hope is the antidote to denial and despair. So just a little review of what we've been learning. Um, The cycle that we're moving through starts with gratitude because no matter what we're facing, there's something to be grateful for in the midst of that. And if we can't find it, it's hard to move move on from that so starting from gratitude and then after that because it's also just as important if we are to keep at bay denial and despair we have to honor our pain We have to acknowledge like we did in our prayer the state of things right we have to sit there for a minute to be able to move on from there And then we've been working for several weeks to see with new eyes because as Katie said, that's pretty hard (laughs) because we have a certain way, a certain frame that we um, live with in this world and Joanna Macy would call it business as usual and it's hard to see things differently than that. So some of the ways that we've been seeing with new eyes is a deeper sense of self that I'm not just a solo individual inhabiting this planet, but I'm connected with broad circles of community, broader and broader. And the broader that I see those circles, the more compassionate I'm able to live. Because it's not just my neighborhood that matters. It's not just my country that matters. It's not even just the humans on this planet that matter. But for my own well-being, I have to care for the whole. Because the whole is actually caring for me. We're all connected and a richer experience of community. Um, as Americans, I think we probably have it just about down better than anybody else. This individualist self um, fulfilling, like I can do it myself. I don't need anybody. Um, we as a community name that a lot, right? That we do need each other and that that's actually a much healthier way to live. We're aiming for a richer, experience of community and not an isolated experience of life. And power over versus power with, which means we're not just aiming to like overcome those things that are destroying or that we think of as bad. We're not just gonna get more powerful than them so we can take control, but that actually together, we're gonna work to envision something that maybe I didn't think of on my own, and you can't think of on your own, but when we get together, we can create something beautiful because we're collaborating rather than um, dominating. And then daring to believe that it's possible, which is kind of the hardest part. And it's also um, very connected to today's message of the gift of uncertainty because Uncertainty and believing it's possible are both really important for us to be able to live active hope, but are really hard. Um, Last week, Katie talked about a new view of time. And I think this helps us to believe that it's possible because we really ground ourselves in this moment, right? And we think, oh, it's never been worse than it is now. Or the things that we're facing, nobody's ever had it this bad. Um, But if we have a larger view of time, Even talking about um, the fall of Rome, that was inconceivable, but it happened. And so the possibilities for our future are much more wide open than we imagine them to be. And maybe not even as scary as we imagine them to be. Maintaining energy and enthusiasm. So Katie talked a little bit about this last week, but I just wanted to share with you this illustration from the book because it's all about buoying ourselves and having enough water. So there's this little man in a, this little human in a canoe and there's rocks. And in order to avoid the rocks, we have to, the water level has to be high enough so that you can avoid them. And there are things that take the water level down And there are things that take the water level up. And so the things that take the water down are arguments, setbacks, powerlessness. Those don't help us to move forward, right? But the things that do help us to move forward are progress, feeling like we're making progress, support, enjoying it, right? (laughs) If you're actually enjoying what you're doing and it's not a labor, then we're able to do, have a lot more energy about that healthy diet and all that that means both not just what you eat but all that you intake so now we're ready for the gift of uncertainty and i'd like i came across these words of um Stephen Charleston, who's a Native American and an Episcopal Bishop who wrote this in January of 2020. We are living on one of the hinge points of history. A moment when time bends in one direction or another. A pivotal change. We did not ask for this experience. In fact, we would not ask for it because such events in human history are always fraught with conflict and confusion. But here we are. And here we will stay until the shift is complete. How long that will take is uncertain but it has is already been happening for a few years now. This year will be decisive. So if we have ever exercised our faith, our commitment to justice, our love for the planet, now is the time. The hinge swings but once and then swings no more for generations to come. No pressure, right? It's all up to us and we have to do it this year. Which is actually kind of true, right? And also not true at all. But that's the uncertainty in which we live, right? Maybe what we do today can alter the future entirely, and maybe not. But that uncertainty gives us the feeling that maybe we do have power. Maybe we do have some influence on the direction of our world. And maybe we should take advantage of this moment, right? Maybe it's an opportunity. So there's a um, cartoon that was going around Facebook this week, but it actually was created in December of 2009. 2009 was a long time ago. <laughs> Catherine was an infant. <laughs> um, but it was created just before the Copenhagen Climate Change Conference by Joel Pet. And so this person in the audience says, what if it's a big hoax and we create a better world for nothing? (laughs) Um, And the presenter on the stage is at the same time saying all the great things that would happen individually, like healthy children, clean air and water, sustainability, preserving our rainforests, energy independence, like, actually, if we achieved any of those things, that would be a good thing, right? So maybe is this this gift of uncertainty, right? What if it doesn't do anything? Oh, well, it has to do something. So the story of our faith is one of uncertainty. The early Christians believed the writers of the Bible and the early Christians really believed that Jesus was coming back like before they died. Jesus was coming back soon. And they weren't the only ones who believed that. That was a belief of Christians 500 years after that and 500 years after that and 500 years after that. And today, that Jesus is coming back soon. And the reason that we live in that uncertainty is because of what this passage that I'm going to just read to you right now. Because Jesus says, it's going to happen. But I don't even know when. So hear these words from the Gospel of Mark in the 13th chapter. But the exact day or hour, No one knows that. Not even heaven's angels, not even the Son, referring to himself, only the Father. So keep a sharp lookout, for you don't know the timetable. It's like a man who takes a trip, leaving home and putting his servants in charge, each assigned a task, and commanding the gatekeeper to stand watch. So stay at your post watching you have no idea when the homeowner is returning whether evening midnight cock crow or morning you don't want him showing up unannounced with you asleep on the job i say to you i'm saying it to all stay at your post keep So are you keeping watch? Or are we so complacent in our culture and society and economic system that we would just rather follow the same path that we've been living on up till now? This vision of a drastic change Of Jesus coming back and the governments changing and falling and God being in control is supposed to give us hope, not fear. But if it brings fear, we have placed our hope and trust in the status quo in the business as usual reality, as Jonah Macy says. If we fear a drastic change in our society, in our life, in our world, if we fear a turning upside down of all of our values, then we have placed our hope and trust in business as usual. Joanna Macy calls this idea of drastic change in our society the Great Turning. She says, The Great Turning is a shift from from industrial growth society to a life-sustaining civilization. Future generations, if there is a livable world for them, will look back at the epochal transition we are making to a life-sustaining society. They may well call this the great turning. So if we are hoping for a great turning, if we're hoping for a drastic change, if we're hoping that God can help us bring the kingdom of God here on earth, then what do we need Well, we need some enthusiasm, right? We need to have some energy around it. We need to be moving towards change. We need to broaden our definition of activism, meaning we are all active in some way, or need to be, in this process. And what does that look like for each of us? And that involves following the inner compass of deep gladness, where your, the world's deepest need meets your greatest joy. Where is that intersection? And redefining good life. I think that's actually really mind shifting. If our good life is not the life we see in a magazine or in a commercial, because something that we get is going to make us happy, If we can imagine the good life, like the story of the village of the little boy who harnessed the wind, if we could just actually all be happy in a village where everybody had what they needed, not what they wanted, just what they needed, water, food, community, that would be the good life. That's not what we're aiming for in our business as usual mindset. And that involves seeing success with new eyes and enjoying it. What it, Redefining what success is and then celebrating it. What are the things that we can do? Small things and big things. So if you can Google how can I stop climate change and get a list of 50 things, get a list of 100 things, get all, there's all sorts of ideas, and some of them are very achievable for each of us. But I thought this was a pretty interesting graph, which starts with low impact, which is not to discourage people from doing this. That's not my aim at all, it's the opposite. So upgrade, upgrade light bulbs change your light bulbs to low energy. If I did if we do that at our house, do you think that's stopping climate change? No. But if everybody in the whole world did that, that would be a big thing. Hang dry your clothes. If I stop using my dryer, is that going to change the world? No, but if we <coughs> all stopped using our dryers? Yes, that might actually change the world. Recycle. If we all recycled, or if we all stopped buying plastic, would that change the world? Yes, but if I just, I could say, it's only one plastic water bottle, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, but everyone adds up and it counts, right? So on the other extreme side is live car free, which would be a really great thing to do and would make a big impact, but if I'm the only human on the planet living car-free by choice, then that's not a thing. There's a lot of people who live car-free because they can't afford a car, right? So people, and the second one, avoid one round-trip transatlantic flight. I know a lot of people who aren't doing that. (laughs) But it just highlights the impact that one plane trip, Our airline industry is the really significant impact on global warming and climate change. So there's a lot of things that we can do, but if we each see ourselves as individually responsible for all of this, we don't find any energy or joy in that. And you might hear my thing that I'm doing as a I'm better than you, because I'm, because I went to Go-Go Refill this week and I bought shampoo and I didn't buy it in plastic. But actually when I say that, I'm saying this opportunity exists to go buy shampoo without a plastic container and if we all did that, think of all the plastic containers that wouldn't have to be created so that I can have shampoo at my house. Because I, I approve of shampoo, I think it's a good thing for everybody to have. <laughs> active hope so i have a question that i would like you to ponder not to share a lot of times we have talk back at hope gateway i don't want to hear your confession right now the first question is how well developed is your response to your concern for the world How concerned are you for the world? And how much have you developed a response to that concern? How well developed is your response to your concern for the world? What are you doing because of your concern? And is it an appropriate response? Or could it be more? And along with that, how do we nourish our own responses? So it's not all up to you. I mean, you need to figure out what your response is gonna be, but how do you figure out how to give energy to that response because it shouldn't just be up to you in your little corner in your room sitting on the floor or at your computer to figure out what you're going to do to save the world right so who do you need to engage with who do you need to be in conversation with who do you need to share with when you just figure out something that you can do and you're excited about it who can you share that with so that you can maintain that energy to nourish your response. Because it needs to be about our collective response, not just our individual response. So I'd like to share some words with you that I shared in in my sermon in the first week of Active Hope, and they are words from Joanna Macy from this book, and it's a reflection on active hope. I invite you to close your eyes and hear these words fully. Active hope is not wishful thinking. Active hope is not waiting to be rescued by the Lone Ranger or by some savior. Active hope is waking up to the beauty of life on whose behalf we can act. We belong to this world. The web of life is calling us forth at this time. We've come a long way and are here to play our part. With active hope, we realize that there are adventures in store, strengths to discover, and comrades to link arms with. Active hope is readiness to engage. Active hope is readiness to discover the strengths in ourselves and others. A readiness to discover the reasons for hope and the occasions for love. A readiness to discover the size and strength of our hearts, our quickness of mind, our steadiness of purpose, our own authority, our love for life, The liveliness of our curiosity, the unexpected deep well of patience and diligence, our keenness of our senses, and our capacity to lead. None of these can be discovered in an armchair or without risk. Active hope is what we are about. And I need to tell you that um, Hope Gateway is not an armchair without risk kind of community, right? One of the things that we are focused on together is our community practices, and um, we next week we'll be focused on our community practices and have several people who are gonna be sharing Um, about their experience of our community and the community practices. And Mike's handing them out. Um, And I just encourage you to think about your commitment um, to sign your name on the wall next week as we commit to these practices together. Um, One of the, we have been focusing during this Active Hope series on the one under gifts, which is we will honor and care for the gift of the earth and its resources practicing ecological responsible living, striving for simplicity rather than excessive consumption. So we are about active hope here at Cope Gateway and our um, life together. We've also, one of the signs of that is also our discernment process that we're going through with our relation, about our relationship with the United Methodist Church, which means we're not sitting and waiting for somebody else to figure out who we are and what we're about. And as we discern together, we're living in active hope and living in the midst of uncertainty. Because, not, because discerning is uncertainty, right? When you're trying to make a decision, you live with the gift of uncertainty. But the truth is that we can do this together, all of it. We can transform the world together. We can encourage each other as we do that together. We don't know what the future will bring. But the gift that is in that is that we can look forward to the future. We can look forward to the future with hope. May it be so. Amen.